Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. It's Tuesday, I believe. Teams of the day will be laid out in front of us coming up here on this edition of Sabres Live. Those teams would be uh, Western Conference in origin, Calgary, Chicago, and Colorado, with the underlying theme being trades, Marty, between yes. the Sabres and those respective franchises. I think, obviously, people will uh, very quickly recognize the, the biggest deals between all three. But as we start most shows here in the month of August and beyond until... They actually get on the ice for training camp. Um, there's not a lot going on around the league after the blustery weekend between the Penguins and other teams with the Carlson trade. But I, I, I will say this. Alex Stalock is in the news. So I ask you this question. Does the signing of 36-year-old Masterton Trophy nominee Alex Stalock by the Ducks mean that john gibson is finally being traded no it does not <laughs> if the if the anaheim ducks are gonna go with as staylock as one of their option um it's probably more for depth and uh, maybe even as a third goalie but no i look i don't think there's a market for john gibson and we've talked about the goalies duffer all mm -hmm. summer long you know, the market for Connor Hellebuck, the market for John Gibson. Um, I know there's people around the league, fan bases that are like, John Gibson's a great goalie. We should have him. It's going to make our team better. Nope. Don't buy that. I don't believe that. Uh, still four years at $6 million or just above that. So that's that's pretty uh, pretty big money for a goaltender that I don't think is uh, going to have an impact anymore. And maybe it's just that the Anaheim Ducks are worried that John Gibson is still very fragile still gets hurt and they have uh Dostal uh I, I think I said it right right I, mm -hmm. I think for the first time in in a year I've said his name right on the first try so Dostal is there he's a good young goaltender still like just gonna provide some depth but no um let's not read into the uh, tea leaves too much here with this uh third uh, goalie signing what else am I supposed to do if not read tea leaves at this point in time uh Dostal in his career, or Staylock last year? Who's played more games? Uh, Staylock last year. 
Yes, 27. And yes. Uh, the lower number belongs to Dostal. Um, the good thing for Stalock is he's got himself 800,000, regardless of whether he stays with Anaheim or plays down in Anaheim so or in uh, San Diego. So that's yes. pretty good. Pretty good for a guy who had an awfully, awfully, awfully long uh, health battle and just simply no quit, you know, in his desire to to make it back to the NHL. And uh, he was he was one of the brighter stories last year, just from a individual standpoint and um but yeah the ducks are the ducks and uh, and we'll see what happens there um which is probably to say not much that it was merely a depth signing um will there be or yeah well let me phrase it where will be the new home for elias lindholm Ooh, uh I think I, I think like everybody else, the jet stream takes everybody east, right? So I yes. think it's gonna be east. Um, so that would be my guess. If uh, Lynn Holm uh, ends up somewhere, it's going to be east. It's kind of obvious, some... isn't it? Well, I mean, they could just make something it's happen be Boston, in the west, isn't it? Um, it could very well be Boston, but are they it. gonna? They can't. They they should use a center that could that could help uh, with the loss of Bergeron and Krejci. Um, But it depends what they want to do with Krejci, and then they have to figure out if they can make the pieces work. But I think. Well, what do you mean? Would... What are they? Krejci's all but announced the retirement. There's nine million reports every day from Europe that say he's, yeah, he's hours away from announcing. And unless I missed it, I don't know. Maybe I'm imagining this. But that he's announcing he's coming back to Boston? No, that he's done. done I know that's done, what I was going to say. Done, done. That he's retired. He's he's done. He did his thing last year. Bergeron's gone crazy. He's like, I don't want to be the, the the guy in Boston. I don't want to play twenty be. minutes and be the number one guy. Not that he would be, but um, it it was definitely um a bit of a security blanket when you play behind Patrice Bergeron for all these years and you make a good career out of it. Um, maybe Boston is the uh, obvious choice. Um, maybe that's a team like Philadelphia that can see some value in, in an Elias Lindholm and um, maybe jumpstart their, their rebuild as, uh, <laughs> as Mike Greer is trying to do the same in, in uh, San Jose with the Carlson I don't think those trade. two franchises are anywhere close. I think Philadelphia could legitimately make the playoffs if things fell in their favor. So If they stay healthy. And that is a big thing. And, and listen, John Tortorella is, is going to do the same thing he did last year. He's going to have I don't love really their defense, well but Whatever. I don't love their defense either, but I think that they play a team defense structure and it worked in the first month, month and a half of the season. Carter Hart had a good start and then it took a toll on the players and they got injuries. I I, I still don't think Philadelphia is a, is a threat in the Eastern Conference. Um, I think after a while, teams will figure them out. But they are making a, a push forward if they stay healthy. Well, you weren't on, on Friday and that's when Shana and I were talking about just how, you know, you can't ignore the return of two established veteran players in Couturier and Cam Atkinson. Like it's going to help their team. I don't care what anybody says. And yes. guess what? If we're talking about Lindholm to Boston, what if Philadelphia decides this is the last opportunity to cash in on Couturier? Can you imagine him replacing Bergeron in Boston? If he's fully healthy, that would be annoying. Wouldn't it? That would be very annoying, but I don't think that that's a potentially annoying anyway. Austin if he returns to take, full health, I mean, Sean Couturier is still a um, what is he making this year if healthy? He's a Who seven point seven five million dollars for 
another, what, eight years, seven years. He's in the year two of an eight year contract. So um, that's scary. If you know, well, here's the two slide to look at it. Sean Couturier could play at a super high level where you're like $7 million, not a lot for the level that he plays at, or he can be on and off, on again, off again, on again, injured, or you would want him to be completely injured so that that number goes off long-term IR and you don't have to worry about it, but it's still costing you a lot of money. Well, the dollars, as real as they might be, wouldn't matter to Boston because they are flush with cash. And yeah, he's either going to be a top-performing couturier or he's going to be on long-term IR. There's never any in-between anymore with these star players. Teams figure out a way... If that player can't be of max value, then they're just not going to play and they get put on LTIR. I don't think you can argue that, can you? No, you can't argue that. That's what teams oh. do. That's what the Tampa Bay Lightning did. That's so isn't uh, it a worth isn't it worth the risk? Because the cap hit and, and the cash don't matter to Boston. Like if you so how would they go about it? Because Couturier, quite frankly, is the best potential available fit to replace Patrice Bergeron yes. based on exact or very similar skill set, right? It would be, uh, but I I just don't see how the Boston Bruins make the money work. They're already close to the cap with about $500,000 uh, left to spend. How mm-hmm. do you make seven and point? Well, you trade one of your goalies, work? which is easy because there's a big market for both. You would be, I mean, okay. That's half your problem right there. And then you, you get rid of one defenseman. It would have to be Allmark, right? You'd have to trade Allmark. I don't know, at, but it's fascinating. Five million. Like, yeah, okay, these, so these, let's do the these math. Are now, these are now multiple deals in play for Boston to retool Dude. on the fly and not skip a beat with the loss of Bergeron and Krejci. And you, we, you can't sit here and think they're not doing this. But the Boston Bruins of today are not going to be what they are on opening night this year. We can almost guarantee that, right? No, they're they're not. Like the Boston Bruins are gonna tweak and try to find value somewhere. Now yeah. you are just like one of our uh, Twitter followers that uh, commented on the post yesterday. Said, "Well, now that the Carlson trade is done, and that was holding up a lot of other trades in the queue, and now Duffer, you want all these trades to happen, and uh... you see fit." Like with Couturier and and others, and look, Boston would have to free up eight million dollars to make it's a Sean Couturier hard. trade happen. So you'd have to free up Lena Solmark at five, and probably Brendan Carlo at four. Now he has a modified no trade clause. Don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, maybe it's Matt uh, Grizzlick at three point six. Derek Forbort, give him away to somebody. He makes three million. Like these are easy solutions here, man. Yeah, but you're not given. Okay, you're getting Sean Couturier back. Like the Philadelphia Flyers are gonna want really something that is gonna make their, uh, you know, their mouth their mouth water a little bit when you're gonna make that deal. Are they, or do they, they want out from the contract? They already have like Carter Hart, Cal Peterson. They already have like big money I, goalies. They're not getting the goalies though. The, the, those goalies are going in other deals. Oh, okay. Need the goalies, or they could then move off of whatever. Like I love, I love a good three, four way uh, deal, and obvious. we're seeing a lot more of that now because of the cap restraints. So, um, okay, well, let's play EA Sport NHL 2023, and let's put a bunch of deals into the the oven, and let's see what the computer says. If this is an acceptable deal, that should be like a segment. 
acceptable or no, according to EA Sport. And as we sit here discussing this and whether it's real or not, and I think it's closer to real than not, we have to be mindful of this being Sabres Live and how often, if at all, people might have been interested in bringing Sean Couturier to the Sabres. I don't see it. I don't it see it. I think the, it's... the timeline didn't fit, right? The, the timeline age, didn't fit. The age and contract timeline doesn't mesh up with the rest of the group, right? No, because Sean Couturier is a 30-year-old player and mm-hmm. with seven years left on an eight-year deal. like the Or Sabres... the flip side is, okay, but if you really want to win now, like, wouldn't you want to guarantee having arguably, like, depending on how you position things, would Sean Couturier not be the best 3C in the league? If he's fully well, healthy, a seven point seven five million dollar three C. That's a good. Win a cup with it. I like. Okay, I, if he had a year or two left on his deal, I would say absolutely. Seven years yeah. left. That is too rich I, for my blood. That's what and I'm it, saying. That doesn't line up. But this this ties in with the same argument where people said, just get Hellebuck, give him yeah. the contract, keep him for a couple of years, and then move on. Well. Maybe you could do that with Couturier too. I mean, if he came in one right away, you have to allocate the money to all the players younger than him. And then clearly Couturier at 32 could still have value because we just saw Bergeron and all these other guys still have value at 36, 37, 38. Like nothing is out of the realm of possibility, right? I think maybe that's my problem with you is some days I sit here and I don't allow myself to just go in a million directions because I've tried to be too realistic about it, right? I but live I, in real, I live in reality and I also real, I live in patience and I understand like you, you, at some point, patience doesn't get you a cup. At some point, patience doesn't get you, uh, you know, a president's trophy or a Burton Stanley cup finals. And we saw Vegas do that this year, right? Patience out the window. Let's win. Let's win now. They never uh, had patience. They never had patience. Never. Uh, you know, well, the same thing with Steve Eisenman and Julian Breesboy in, in, in Tampa. It didn't work the first year. They get law, they, they get ousted in four by Columbus. They say, you know what? We need to change. We need to, to change our roster. We need to do it right now. But I think both of those teams were a lot closer than where their Sabres are at uh, from winning a cup. So let's get the Sabres to get closer to their ultimate goal and then throw away the, the, the patience. But right now I would say, Patience would be the the number one uh, virtue in this whole thing. So when does Sean Couturier's career start in Calgary? Because, <laughs> because wouldn't you want all three, all three of your top centermen making huge dollars and over 30? Uh, yeah, that would be. Or the, not centermen, uh, pardon me, but your three marquee forwards, pardon me, Huberto, Kadri, and, uh, and Couturier. Well, if Brad Trilliving was still there, I think that would be a really strong possibility because that's how he builds his teams. But I don't see uh, you know, Conroy there doing that. Um, I, I Listen, it was Calgary is very interesting. Where's Couturier going to be? Where does he start the year? Philly or somewhere Philly. else? Philly. Oh, no, he's in Philly. Dan- Danny Briere um, has, has known Sean Couturier from the time he broke into the league and, you know, like has worked with him, even the development role. As, uh, he has a lot of time and a lot of hopes for Sean Couturier to be a top-end player and make this, this team better for many years, uh, if healthy. Okay. So let's assume that to be true. It's logical. It's well thought out. There's a connection. Yeah. If Sean Couturier is returning, which he is, 
and Cam Atkinson is returning. And the Flyers have already made moves and have a bunch of middle 20 guys, middle 20 something guys in there. You can't tell me that you can't sit here and tell me the Flyers are rebuilding. The Flyers are trying to win now. They may not say it. They may have cleaned some of the whatever out of the house, but it's not like they're sitting there on on five 21 year olds helping them like they with Couturier and Atkinson coming back. They're a reasonably mature team with some high end star power. Yeah, but the 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 core group of the Flyers right now uh, lies within Konechny at twenty six, Joel Furby at twenty three. Twenty six uh, is on the older side. Twenty six is on the side. older side. You're right. You have Owen Tippett at twenty four. Hopefully, having like continuing to bounce back and push the thing forward. Morgan Frost is 24. Like that is what they're building. And up front, I do believe that with Katrina and Atkinson up front, the Flyers are a good roster. Mm-hmm. They're not a bad roster team on the back end. It is very, very tough. When you look at Sanheim and Ristolainen as your top two guys, but they, they love Sanheim. That's why they pay him as much. Yeah, but he was also in rumors of trades and they were yeah. looking to potentially trade him. So I really but, feel that, you know, maybe they like Sanheim. They gave him the contract. Okay. You know, like he's a decent player, but I think he's a decent second pair guy. He's not mm-hmm. a decent number one defenseman. We know Ristolainen is not a top pair defenseman, despite the fact that it was written in, I believe it was the athletic about how Risto had a bounce back season and look, his numbers are way better. He's not a number one defenseman. It's mm-hmm. never going to be. So don't force it right now. The flyers are forcing Sanheim and Ristolainen to be their top pair. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but if you go down the list, don't you like, well, Philadelphia's still got a ways to go, obviously to reshape the, the group. Cam York has always been for the last four years, the future wild card in all of this. If Cam York lives up to the program status that he had at the development team and takes that step, then they'll they'll be in a good place, right? But I'm just fascinated by how you can keep spinning. I don't mean you. I mean, we in conversation could keep spinning Philadelphia. Like, are they now or are they the future? Because all of this can change real quick. If they trade Couturier and they trade Sandheim, like you said, was being mentioned, okay, then I will fully believe that they are going closer to the bottom and yeah. they are fully in on a rebuild. For but the if, future. They hang, if they hang on to those players, this is why we were when we were doing projections the other day of how tough is it going to be for Buffalo in the Eastern Conference and who's going to start stealing more points. The roster is presently constructed for Philadelphia with healthier players is going to eat up a few more points than what they did last. That's almost undeniable, barring catastrophic injuries once again. So I find them to be a fascinating player in all this, because I think any time a team is at the bottom for a year or two or three, there's just this automatic assumption that there's a clean house and a rebuild. And it's understandable why people would think that about Philly, because Now they've got new management. Now they've got new presidency. They've clearly had some personal issues with players that they want to move it off from them and and have a different look. But I don't know if that always means continuing to stay at the bottom for just a little bit longer. I don't I don't think that's their their mantra there in Philly. I I don't think it is. But last year, the Flyers were 23rd in the league, gave up 276 goals against. Okay, that's 23rd in the league. I I don't, and this was a, with a coach that just 
harped on let's play defense, let's lock it down. I don't think that their defense and their goaltending has gotten any better to say that they're going to stop more pucks, that they're going to give up less goals. If you give up 276, 275, 280, you're still in the bottom third of the league and goals against. Not going to do it. Um, right. And I, I I, almost like to think as I look at Philly and what they have in net, and I look at like what Buffalo has in net, and I like Buffalo better. And, and this people are going to say you're crazy, but Carter Hart to me is very, very um, inconsistent in, in what he gives you year to year. Last year started well, faded away. New system was better for him, but faded away. Uh, Cal Peterson, you know, like LA sent him to the minors last year, just did not have a game. And they're paying, you know, those two goalies almost $9 million. So mm-hmm. I take what Buffalo has over what Philly has. And I think in the end, that's uh, because defensively, the Sabres are much better and they'll support their goalies a lot better. So who's moving first, Lindholm or Couturier? I don't see them going anywhere. Lindholm has to. He's played the same card that every other person in Calgary has played. I'm not really interested in signing I'm the not extension. Resigning, but I think that they are not going to make the same mistake that they did with Matthew Kachuk and that they did with Johnny Goodrow. They're going to wait. They're going to like play the season. They're going to hope that maybe they can with a new coach and a mm-hmm. new GM that maybe he likes it. The team goes on the hot streak and then boom, he stays. If not, Trade him at the deadline. What's it gonna be like? It's you're gonna get the same return at the deadline as you would right now, late in the summer, with the rosters all constructed the way they are. So I don't see them moving at all. I'm I don't see many trades happening from now until the uh, the start of training camp. I just don't see it. So that kind of answers this question. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm trying to ask you questions in the way Shana would ask questions. Oh, okay. Are the Jets going to jettison any more of their big names or are they are what they are? They are what they are. The Jets tried and there comes a point where you got to look back and say, it's not going to be any more than that. Like, they Why, why not move off of Hellebuck or Schmidt or Shifley or... Because there's not a market right now. There's not a market. Ugh, create your own marketplace. Come on, Marty. Seriously. I- yeah, I mean, you, you, we want to make something. You, I, I feel like we're in the movie Apollo 13 when they're like, you need to make this square piece fit into this round piece using only these pieces. And there's 12, you know, space engineer that are like racking their brains for hours to make it work. Like this is how complicated it is right now. This is how complicated it is. Look at what Eric Carlson, the number one guy on the market. What Eric Carlson's trade looked like yesterday, it's a full page in my notebook, Duffer, of names and picks and who goes where and who's retaining what on the salary. And it, it just, it's its the one that happened. I just don't think any other teams can get involved in, in Lindholm trade or Couturier trade. I just don't see it happening. Sadly, we're all well aware of your attention to detail with the Carlson trade because we were subjected to it in voice text by Siri in our group uh, chat and (laughs) that needs to be penalized to the harshest extent because I don't ever want to hear Siri tell me about withholding compensation and future draft picks and all the rest of it ever again. So the best part would have been if I would have written it in broken Franklish and then Siri (laughs) would have struggled to understand what I'm seeing in the text. So, um, and, and the next time I send a long text, 
and you're driving. So you press, you say, Siri, read text from Marty. And Siri goes on to, to read the text. I want you to be able to record that and play it on the air because I want to know what that sounds like. I just wanted to figure out that the show's called Sabres Live and not Sabres Live. I don't know why she changed her stance. It was perfectly <laughs> acceptable when we did the name change two years ago. She figured it out and now she's gone and changed it on me. And I don't like it when I get a group so text. So in the group text from Sabres, is like Live. From Sabres Live. Yeah, yeah. I, I see how that would be uh, very, very disappointing. <laughs> We we live we live in the live, so yeah, that's how it works. We live the live. Oh my goodness! Okay, so you've now figured us out. We're twenty three minutes in, and there really wasn't a lead story today. But guess what? We are doing teams of the day. Yes, and we have three. If focusing on this alphabetically, because we did two Eastern Conference teams, Carolina and Columbus, yesterday, the three C's in the West. All have a common denominator with Buffalo, Calgary, Chicago, and the Colorado Avalanche have been uh, partners, shall we say, with the Sabres in some of the more significant deals in Buffalo Sabres history. So we'll tease you right now. We'll get into it after the break. What would Buffalo have been without the Jerry Meehan deal with Chicago to acquire? Dominic Hasek. It's 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 the deal that changed the franchise. Amazing, it really right? changed the franchise. I mean, look at how dominant of a figure Dominic Hasek was in the '90s, and then taking this team through a change of color into a new building, into a conference finals, and then a Stanley Cup final, and uh, you know, Hart trophies and Vesna trophies and Jennings trophies. I mean, it was the identity of the team and that that literally that deal, which people still to this day are like, what was the deal again? Like it was Christian Rutu. No, well, yeah. I mean, the base level of. Yeah. Yeah. Base level. The Sabres gave up Christian Rutu, but technically it was Rutu for Beauregard and then Beauregard went to Chicago for Dominic Kashek. So that with, was with a fourth. Don't forget with the a fourth. fourth. Yeah. The fourth round pick really made that deal. I wonder if it was. No, it did. It was Eric Daze. You know what? Funny enough, my kid yesterday was like, hey, that turned out to be Eric Daze. But look, for Chicago, that was a great pick. But a fourth rounder, come on. Like that was a throwaway in the, in the deal. Eric Daze ended up, you know, uh, getting 38 goals one year and being the all-star MVP one year. And he played as a 19-year-old in the playoffs. <laughs> it was awesome. I played with him juniors. He was unbelievable. But, I mean, it's Christian Rutu for David Beauregard and then Beauregard to Chicago with a fourth. For Dominic and Beauregard. <laughs> Did I say David Beauregard? David, who's David? You know, David Beauregard is, the, oh, well, if you've watched the um, the uh, the Netflix show on the um, UHL team, the Danbury Thrashers, yeah, 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 he was yeah, the one eyed guy. I oh, played with, I, I played against him in juniors too when he okay. lost his eye. Yeah. I, that's David Beauregard. So Stefan Beauregard was the okay. goalie, David yeah. Beauregard was the one eyed uh, goal scorer. Well, I have no way of telling you factually um, at this moment whether Dominic Hasek ever stared down Alexei Zhamnov in a penalty shot, but I can tell you that Marty Baron did, and we will relive that as part of Sabres oh, no. Hawks oh, no. history as we continue to live on Sabres Live on this Tuesday, August the 8th. And we are, of course, looking forward to the season beginning because we want you in the building, and that's not only on a game by game basis, like 
we want you there a quarter of the time, half the time, all the time. We have yeah. three different right now, 11 game plans. There's Sabre quarter season plans, weekend plan, weekday plan, all-star plan. Enjoy significant savings from box office pricing and priority for playoff tickets. All you got to do is head to sabers.com slash tickets. Behran versus Jamnoff, all part of our teams of the day. Next on Sabres Live. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Losing it to Dumont. Up to center. A breakaway. Here comes Barnes. Clean cut breakaway. She scores. Stu Barnes. All in mackerel. Stu Barnes with a clean cut breakaway. And Buffalo wins it in overtime. Why was RJ so excited? Because he's RJ and he's always excited, but history shows Buffalo hasn't ever had much luck against Colorado since the, when the honestly, even in the days of the Nordiques, but we're not going to go there, but uh, 13 wins and 39 head to head meetings since 95, 96. That was one of them. It just happened to have the Sabres all time wins leader against the avalanche in goal for Buffalo that night. That would be Marty Baron, Marty yes. five and Five and two lifetime against the Avs when you were a Sabre. No goaltender comes close. In fact, Ryan Miller never beat the Avalanche as a member of the Sabres. He was 0-3-3. Oh. So there's a feather in your map as you head west. A oh, big one. Also, the feather in my lap was the fact that I beat Patrick Watt, who made 13 save on 16 shots in that game. I actually was a whopping 33 out, out of 35. So... Definitely. And I think that's why I remember that game so much. And as soon as we talked about Colorado, which I'm wearing my Nordiques hat, by the way, for those watching on. Yeah. Did your head shrink or is that just an excessively that's a large big, cap? That's, that's a very excessive, large feather in my cap. Um, but yes, it's a it's a big boxy one. But um, I remember that game because. I felt like we spent the first two minutes of overtime in our zone. The Colorado Avalanche were buzzing. 
buzzing big time. And then JP Dumont took a big hit on the wall to make the play to Stu Barnes. I was on my knees. I was down on one knee watching Stu Barnes on a breakaway from like more than half the ice, right? He skated all the way down and he scored. And I didn't even get up. I just stood there like with my knee on the ice, be like, I'm so tired. Thank God it's over. But yeah, that was a great moment. Uh, Stu Barnes with the goal. And uh, it was a, a big win. My, I think I, I was pretty successful against Patrick Roy in my career. So that was good. Yeah. Patrick not looking particularly stout on that uh, overtime big attempt by Stu Barnes. Five-hole. Big five-hole. Uh, Tage, as you might imagine, is the most prolific Current Saber against the Avs. He has five goals and eight points in four head-to-head games. Did you know that Evander Kane is the only Saber in franchise history to have multiple game winners against the Avs? He has two of them. And, yes, and forever connected the Avs and Sabres because of June 26, 2015, when Buffalo acquired Ryan O'Reilly from Colorado for McGinn, with McGinn for Zadorov, Comfer, Grigorenko, and a pick that was later traded to San Jose, a first-rounder in Jeremy Waugh. Just think, that pick for San Jose could have turned into Aho, Hints, Kaprizov, Troy Terry, but oh. allow that deal to uh, now rest in Sabres lore. So it's on not just to... Buffalo that we can look at, oh, they missed out on this player or they missed out on that player. There's Correct. a lot of other teams that do that. Of course. And the Avalanche history, probably not as deep with the Sabres as the Hawks history, yes, simply because of what we spoke of before the break. August 7th, 1992, Buffalo, Chicago finalized the deal. We've talked about it with Jerry Meehan before. Dominic Hasek comes over, and the rest is history. But Dom's not the all-time wins leader against the Hawks. Don Edwards did that. He's 9-4-2. and two. But uh, honestly, Marty, this uh, this little topic of Buffalo and Chicago and teams of the day conjured up a unique memory for you. Yeah, so I, I, I've i got a photographic memory, moments and games. And I remember the Chicago Blackhawks played in Buffalo on December 13, 2002. And about three and a half minutes into the game, Alexei Zamnov came in on a breakaway, was hooked, lost the puck, and then old-time referee Paul Seward decided, you know what, I want to be a factor in this game. I'm going to call a penalty shot at center ice. I knew what Zamnov was going to do. Zamnov had done that a million times where he does the Peter Forsberg one-hand backhand around me. He's a left-hand shot, and he goes from right to left, draws me to my blocker side, and then pulls it. I knew he was going to do it. It's like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Oh, crap. He's going blocker. Oh, no, he did it. And that was a penalty shot goal. That was one nothing at that moment. It then stayed one nothing until the last minute of the game. And I remember getting pulled for the extra att- attacker thinking, that's not going to be a one nothing game on a penalty shot. It can't happen. Well, mm-hmm. Miro Shatan came to the rescue with under 15 seconds left, just on the back door of Jocelyn Thibault. And this turned out to be not a scoreless tie, the second worst tie in hockey, a 1-1 tie. well they didn't have ties in the playoffs and uh, they never will and buffalo does have two playoff series victories against the chicago blackhawks including the quarterfinal series on their run to the cup final in 1975 sabers won that series 4-1 they would sweep the hawks four games to none in 1980 when they again came oh so close ousted only by the future dynastic Islanders squad, yes. but uh, yeah, terrific playoff history, albeit now 
long, long time ago between Buffalo and Chicago. But recent history still gives us one of our most laughable <laughs> moments ever. Of all 31 opponents of the Sabres across the league now, it was just two seasons ago when we witnessed the historic comeback against the Hawks capped by Tage Thompson's broken stick offering. So Tage Thompson on the power play goes one-timer. His, his stick explodes in his hand. The puck goes off the back wall, off of Kevin Lankin and the goalie of the Blackhawks and into the net. Tage Thompson didn't even see the goal. He was on his way to the bench to gather a new stick. When he saw the bench celebrating, he turned around thinking, oh, maybe Skinner put it in. Maybe Middlestad put it in. Maybe Tuck put it in. No, they all came to Tage Thompson. But that's your goal, man. That's your goal. So unfortunately... That goal cost about $600 worth of sticks because Tate Thompson broke his stick, the defenseman broke his stick, and Kevin Lankinen decided to hack and whack his stick about five times on the post before it finally broke. Lankinen has uh, stabilized in his career and turned in a decent year in Nashville, but that yes. was the terrible conclusion to a game for him <laughs> as a member of the Hawks. Marty, by the way, went 2-1-1 and lifetime against Chicago as a member of the Sabres as he just glossed over very nicely that incredible 1-1 game against Shamnoff and the Hawks back in the day. All right, Buffalo and Calgary as we continue teams of the day. Did you know that Taylor Fadoon and Barry Moore are the only Sabres to average two points a game lifetime against Calgary. Uh, Granted, those were extremely small sample they only sizes. Played one game? Congrats to them on their one-game <laughs> showings against the Flame. Jack Eichel has a couple of OT winners. There is no playoff history between Buffalo and Calgary, but there is trade history. Yes. And again, it's one of those... It, it's similar to the Hashik Chicago in that it kind of involved a third team. This one more directly so. July 3rd, 2003, the Sabres send Keith Ballard, who was still at this point a long ways away from starting his NHL career, yes. to the Avalanche for Steven Reinbrecht, who'd won a cup with Colorado in 2001. He's a good player. They, they then send Reinbrecht and Rhett Warner, our beloved Rhett Warner, to Calgary for Chris Drury. And Steve Bejan. Now, Bejan would never play. He was claimed on waivers that fall by Montreal, but nobody cares because it was all about the acquisition of Chris Drury. I cared because Bejan was a fantastic dude and would have fit in perfectly with us. We were sad. We only knew him for a train camp. I knew him before that because he, I played against him in the in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and he was a good buddy of JP Dumont. But um, yeah, Drury came in. Uh, definitely had an impact right from the get-go. He did not like in Calgary, and he came to Buffalo, and, oh, man, did we ever have some good team parties at the Drury House, um, one where the red wine spilled all over their beautiful white carpet. Roy Fitzpatrick may have spilled that one, and he felt so bad he wanted to pay for the carpet, and we're like, Fitzy, he can pay for a new carpet himself. That's okay, so don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, Drury, that trade really kind of like the Briere trade with Arizona uh, were two staples of uh, of the success that we had after the lockout of 04-05. Why did you have no success against Calgary? Oh, I hated playing Jerome McGinley. I hated playing those guys. And plus the referees were against me. Okay, so I go back to a game in Calgary, January 21st of 2006. I mean, a pretty good season that year. Ryan Miller was hurt. I won 13 in a row. I'm doing pretty good. I get to Calgary 
and we're tied 1-1 in the second period. The referees decide to give a five-on-three to Calgary early in the second. And Robin Regeer, as we show you on MSG right now, is in front of the net. He kicks the puck in the net. The referee right there says, good goal. Tim Conley's on the ice. He's like, that's kicked in. Jimmy Key's on the ice, says, that's kicked in. I'm doing the full kick motion to the referee after I had made a beautiful save on the back door. And they go to video review, and the goal, the video judge in Calgary says it's a good goal. By the way, what? Kevin Pollock, Kevin Pollock was the referee there, and he and I always would talk about that. And he says, Marty, it was out of my hand. The video judge thought that Regeer got his stick on the puck when he swiped oh at my it, gosh. but totally missed it, right? So that ended up being the game-winning goal. After the second period, we got an apology from the NHL saying that should never have counted. And they tried to give us a five-on-three later in the game. We couldn't score. We lost that game 4-1 in an empty net. Hated Calgary, but mostly because the referees were but always against us. You said that was the 05-06 season? Yeah. Okay, so do you know why that call went against you? Because the league was still indebted to Calgary for making up for oh, what they yeah. felt was the slight in the Stanley Cup final of 2004, which would have won them the cup on home ice against the Lightning. Yeah, the, the Nikolai Habibulin save yes. on Marty Jelena was the puck that, over the line or not. Yes. I, I was already going, this is fascinating how it weaves itself into a story. I was already going to make reference to Calgary and Tampa because Mika Norinen in the 0304 season started his season with a shutout in Calgary. Yeah. The reason this was noteworthy was it was a Biron esque shutout of 20 saves or fewer <laughs> now, but again, that's at the start of the year. He has a 20 save shutout against Calgary. The shots in the game were 20 to 18. This is an important history lesson. Here, folks. The shots were 20 to 18 in the game. Do you know what the shots on goal were in the final game of the 2003, 2004 Stanley cup final between Tampa and Calgary, which necessitated an NHL lockout of more than a year, 17 to 14, 17 to 15 were the no shots way. in favor of Tampa versus Calgary yeah. in game seven. This it, is history, folks. This is why it all melted down the way it did. The game wasn't entertaining. The league fought people on saying the game wasn't entertaining. Then they realized they did have to start making changes. We had research and development camps happening at a time when the league wasn't playing. Like this, this is amazing how you can, you can draw connections from the start of a season to the end of a season as to just how the game was or wasn't quite frankly, being played at that point in time. Now, it needed a change. And I go back to look at some of those clips, like that 1-1 tie against the Chicago Blackhawks. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, my gosh, like a 1-1 tie. Like, what's the entertainment value in that? Number one, it's a tie. Everybody goes home like, huh, we got a point. And number two, it's 1-1. And that was yeah. about as many goals as you were going to get in the game. That's mm -hmm. just bad. Did you know that Keith Ballard was traded twice before he ever played in the NHL? Yeah, then he was traded to Arizona, right from yeah. Colorado. Yeah, I'd forgotten that that he was it was his third franchise before he actually made Minnesota, his NHL debut. Uh, played Ended in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Right? Ended yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I already. I Ballard already also that. took out the the head of Tomas Vokun <laughs> with a slash in Florida, <laughs> which brought right. me to a Boston memory with Jeff Gilson almost doing the same to me last week. Right when we kicked off teams of the day. <laughs> See how it all comes together. Worth noting. Just another reason why I love Gilbert Perot. I mean, he absolutely decimated the Flames. Uh, even well. Atlanta or Calgary, but uh, Calgary yes. specific, he had 25 points in 16 games. So uh, there's a reason the legend lives. And uh, we were grateful for that. And by the way, in the Kevin Guesthouse uh, golf tournament I was in yesterday, we were group 11A. So don't think I didn't wear that proudly because 11 is the greatest number in Sabres franchise history. My opinion. Did you guys course. finish 11 under? 16, baby. Still no way. Play. 16 under. Fontaine on the board. Yeah, we we went to the rafters with our 16 and it was still not good enough. We were off what? by five strokes. <laughs> Wait, were, like, they, were they selling mulligans and, and Well, yeah, that's and the only that? reason we got to 16. Okay. But I think the group that got to 21 probably didn't need them because Sabres development coach Tim Kennedy was in that group. Oh, yeah, TK can hit it. Yeah, he's, he's pretty, pretty good. good. And the, the group that he's a part of has won the tournament four years in a row now. So anyway... On to the next, and we'll do that next here on Sabres Live on MSG. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. With more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. The one word Tuesday, two minutes to go on the show, and I wish I had a word to describe Marty's off-air face right now coming out well, of commercial break. What is the matter with you? I just read in our chat that 47 years ago, the White Sox played a full game in MLB <laughs> in shorts, and I'm thinking... That was 1976. Like, we're not oh. talking about the 50s or the oh, 60s. Disco like, era, baby. That's all. That's in 1976, they felt it was a good idea to wear shorts. White Sox like, thought they had a lot of good ideas. Um, Yankees, <laughs> though, last night, speaking of the White Sox, oh, right? Was yes. it not against the White Sox? And Aaron, uh, Boone, Aaron Boone found himself in. Uh, yes, it was against the, Reds, yeah. the White Sox. Okay, right. so take, yeah. take it away. One word for Aaron Boone mimicking the umpires after his AL leading sixth ejection of the year it was very good not strong enough like when Aaron Boone drew the line I was like this is great but is is his reenactment of the strike three call with the the hands like it actually is the motion that this umpire has but it's a little stronger a little bit more conviction in the call but Aaron Boone knew he was getting tossed right so he decided to just make a mockery of it um and that picture that freeze frame we're showing on MSG is just unbelievable one word for the freeze frame unbelievable oh um, my gosh like did he smell a uh, smelling salt like one of those yeah. like he put it to his nose I'm like, oh, oh too much well still white Sox related tim anderson suspended six games for his fight while jose ramirez got three one word for that 
How do you get three more games for getting knocked out? That's what I want to know. Like he la- it literally went down. Maybe it's the point of saying, look, he needs three more games to get his head back together. But yeah. like they both squared off and he and, took the punch. And still potentially White Sox related, depending on whether this broadcaster moves on to Chicago. <laughs> Orioles broadcaster Kevin Brown removed for reference to the team's struggles versus the Rays that seemed, my one word, benign at best. Benign at best, it was actually positive. Look at how good we're doing this year because we haven't won here in a long time, right? That's what we do. So um, <sighs> stupid. One way. Yeah, it really was. I hope the show wasn't, though. I actually quite enjoyed it. And we'll do it again tomorrow <laughs> on Sabres Live Live. See you then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.